0: The World Ahead by Turtle Wexler Chapter One This whole thing is got out of hand. As beads of sweat trickle down the back of Severus's neck, he desperately wishes for shade. Cooling charms don't last long against the desert sun. When he agreed to this business trip to Las Vegas, he thought the majority of their time would be spent in climate-controlled meeting rooms not bumping elbows with the throngs of tourists who are staring at a fountain, waiting for it to do something. It's the best solution, Hermione says. She looks infuriatingly cool and calm. Her skin doesn't have the same sheen of sweat that he's sure his has. And her white sundress is perfectly pressed. Did she choose that color on purpose? A better solution, Severus says, is not getting caught. We have managed it well enough thus far. None of the muggles take any notice of their conversation. Hermione has cast a charm that will make it sound like they are debating where to eat for dinner. Yes, I would obviously prefer that, she says. But if the worst should happen, no one else knows what we know. We need to be prepared for every eventuality. If we can't be compelled to submit to Veritaserum questioning about each other, then... I can resist the effects of Veritaserum with occlumency. Easily. Oh, stop being so stubborn. You know my acclumency skills are shite. I'd end up telling them everything about your involvement. She turns away, staring at the fountain along with the tourists. I can't let that happen. Silence. Severus clears his throat. We could change our business model, he says. Hermione pins him with a glare. Suddenly, he has some idea of how it feels to be Marietta Edgecombe or Rita Skeeter. The business model is fine, she says. It does, he has to admit, have ridiculously high profit margins. By his calculations, they have saved 32,363 galleons on potions ingredients. Not bad. When Severus and Hermione first went into business manufacturing potions together, they obtained most of their supplies by stealing from some of their competitors, namely those who produce love potions. Hermione was quite forceful on the matter. Love potions are as immoral as the Imperius curse, Severus, and if the Ministry won't do anything to stop their sales, we can. Severus thought it would have stopped at that. He never should have underestimated Hermione Granger's capacity for a crusade. As soon as the main manufacturers of Wolfsbane Potion decided to start marking it up by three times its worth, they became Hermione's next target. And how far are you willing to take this? He asks now. Are we going to combine our households when we return to England? Hold hands and pretend to be infatuated with each other in front of your friends. She arches an eyebrow. Don't pretend you don't want to see Harry and Ron's expressions. Hmm. That does appeal. Very well. Let's see your best besotted expression, then. She looks at him the same way she always does when she's irritated. With a vaguely exasperated smirk... Needs work, he says. She tuts. Nonsense. It would convince anyone. A murmur of excitement ripples through the crowd. Music swells and the fountain leaps into action. Hermione has a camera in her bag, but unlike the rest of the tourists, she doesn't watch the display through the viewfinder. She stands close to Severus, quiet and contemplative. Let me protect you for a change, she says as the show comes to a close. For a change... They almost never reference it, what brought them together in the first place. Their conversations always veer onto other subjects, like that long search to undo the damage done to her by Bellatrix's cursed knife happened to a different Severus and Hermione. Severus assumes that, like him, she does not want to revisit those sleepless, dark days when they both thought she was going to die. Very well, he says, before he can think better of it. Good. Reaching into her handbag, Hermione pulls out her color-coded diary. I have us booked in for half past four, shall we? You intend to do it today? Of course. We can't elope back home. Not properly. Even if we ran off to Gretna Green, we'd have to give notice. This is better. It will seem like a spur-of-the-moment decision after we drunkenly admitted our feelings to each other. Severus looks askance at the diary. Yes, because both of us are so well known for being impulsive. Hermione does not dignify this with a response. She doesn't have to. Severus follows her as she starts weaving through the crowd and making her way towards the hotel. A heartbeat later, Severus stands at the altar of a softly lit wedding chapel, watching Hermione walk up the carpeted aisle towards him. A birdcage veil is pinned into her wild curls, and she has obtained a bouquet of lacy pink peonies from somewhere. Fitting, as peony nectar was a key ingredient in the potion that saved her life. With a shaky breath, she takes Severus's hand and smiles at him like this is real. The air conditioning doesn't help. He's still sweating. The country may have been different, but the words are familiar. In sickness and in health, with this ring I thee wed, you may now kiss the bride. Severus's pul- pulse thuds in his ears. Squeezing his hand, Hermione tilts her face up. How did they end up here? How did she convince him to go along with this mad plan? How is it possible that he is bending at the waist and touching his mouth to hers? Her lips are soft. They move against his as pre-recorded music plays over the applause of the chapel employees. Severus lingers, his hands resting on her hips, her breath ghosting over his cheek. Gods, he's an idiot. It was one thing to be, foolishly, pointlessly, in love with his business partner. Now he's in love with his wife. Chapter 2 Most people, upon realizing that their business partner made their heart skip several beats, would decide to have a conversation about it. Not Hermione Granger. Nope. She strong armed him into entering a fake marriage with her. Brilliant. Now, sitting in the departure's lounge and waiting for their portkey home, she spins her shiny new wedding ring around on her finger. Simple, unadorned white gold the twin to the one on Severus's hand. The Las Vegas portkey office looks like it hasn't been updated since Severus was a teenager. It's all dark wood paneling with aggressively orange carpet and chairs. It feels right, somehow, like they really did stumble into another world, or at least another time, when they walked down the aisle. Severus taps a finger against his lower lip as he considers his crossword puzzle, and Hermione remembers how it felt to kiss him how surprisingly soft his lips were, how she let herself linger. Her plan to marry to avoid questioning under Veritaserum is valid. She stands by it. But it is not going to make him miraculously see her as more than a colleague and almost friend. Feels like she's been living in a time loop with him for the past few months, repeating the same day over and over. She can't yet say whether making him marry her will break them out of the routine of work, tea breaks, scrabble nights, and pointless fantasies. This isn't much of a honeymoon, Severus says. Tedious meetings followed by an endless wait for this bloody portkey. Hermione hums. She straightens his perfectly pressed collar, just for the excuse to touch him. We should have taken a week off, she says. Gone on a road trip or something. As if either of us would ever take a full week off. Yeah, fair point. If we went on an actual honeymoon, we'd probably still take work along. Severus keeps his gaze focused on the crossword. "'I don't know about that,' he mutters. "'What does he mean by that?' "'If it was almost any other wizard, Hermione would have little doubt. "'But this is Severus. "'He once asked her what she wanted when they got caught beneath some mistletoe together "'in an order Christmas party. "'If she wears a low-cut top, he asks whether she's cold. "'Before she can obsess over his comment too much, "'the gate for the portkey is finally announced.' One touch of a worn saddle, and the familiar jerking sensation behind her navel carries her back home. The news lands before they do. Severus is, perhaps, not as sharp as he might be, given that he is still on Las Vegas time. It is far too early in the morning there, and he has never been at his best before noon at the earliest. If they had left Nevada at a more reasonable hour, he may have been prepared for passing through customs and being assaulted by the flash bulbs of several cameras. Oh, Hermione says, grabbing Severus's arm. Beyond the reporters, Potter and several Weasleys wait for them. One of the Weasleys, George, naturally, holds up a newspaper and grins. There, on the front page, a photographic version of Hermione and Severus kiss over and over. It's one of their wedding photos, but not as Severus knows it. The version tucked into Hermione's handbag is muggle, still and flat. Someone at the wedding chapel has a lot of explaining to do. On the plus side, this saves Hermione and Severus the bother of breaking the news. "'Welcome home,' George says, his mischievous grin growing even wider. "'Eventful trip!' Without missing a beat, Hermione takes Severus's hand. Her skin is smooth and soft. "'Very eventful,' she says. "'It just sort of happened. I hope you'll all be happy for us.' George turns to Ronald and says, "'Told you they fancied each other!' You owe me ten galleons, mate. Told you they fancied each other. Oh, honestly, Hermione says, her cheeks turning pink as Ronald grumbles and pays up. I have all the things to bet on. Potter chooses that moment to extend his hand to Severus. Congratulations, sir, he says. I'm really happy for you. Uh, so, should I come around to Hermione's for tea this Sunday, or is she moving to yours? The bloody tea's. Once a month for the past five years, Potter has been inflicting his presence upon Severus, exchanging shop-bought cakes for stories about Lily. It would be too much to hope that Potter would give Severus a reprieve to enjoy his newly married life. "'We will be at my house,' Severus says, at the same time Hermione tells Potter to come to hers. She laughs. "'We clearly haven't talked about that part yet. I guess we just got too caught up in the excitement of eloping. We'll let you know, Harry.' As a group, they start making their way towards the flue. Hermione doesn't let go of Severus's hand. Hermione's things look wildly out of place at Severus's house, like the building knows she does not belong here. There's no space on as many bookshelves for her library, so she fills her room from floor to ceiling with her books. In spite of the many older volumes, they look too new, too modern for a centuries-old cottage. "'Are you certain about this?' he asks. "'Not in the slightest.' Yeah, she says, of course. It makes sense to let my flat. You have more space. We'll figure out a more long-term solution eventually. It's not like we can tell Harry that it's not real. Not when his department would be responsible for investigating us if we were ever caught, no. Sliding one of her mass market paperbacks onto a place on a shelf, he frowns. And what happens when you eventually want to date someone? Hermione's stomach lurches. She has never known any of Severus's partners, if he's had any since they went into business together. The thought of seeing him bring a woman home, feeling the silencing charm shiver into place over his room. She might be sick. I think we should put dating on pause for now, she says. Till we iron out some of these other issues, at least. Anyway, I don't have anyone else I'm interested in. Do you? Why did she ask that? She doesn't want to know. But also, she very much does want to know. No, he says, expression unreadable as ever. There is no one else. Chapter 3 Hearing two male voices, Hermione freezes on the stairs. One is Severus, but she can't quite place the other. It is distorted, as if heard at a distance. He must be using his two-way mirror which means the other person is one of the Malfoys. Creeping up a few steps, she scowls at his open bedroom door. He has his back to her, putting the landing in full view of the person on the mirror. Severus said he'd be out for another hour. She couldn't possibly have taken that long in the bath. Gods, now what? Severus seeing her in her dressing gown is one thing. It's fraying at the hem and not at all sexy, but she would not object to him imagining her naked beneath it. Lucius or Draco Malfoy seeing her is something else entirely. She needs to get past his room to reach her own. What are the options available to her? Apparition is out. There are wards covering the whole cottage, infused into every stone. Only Severus can bypass them. Maybe an army crawl past the door. If she secures the dressing gown with magic, it might not end in disaster. Or her childhood bully could see her face down on the carpet landing with her dressing gown up around her waist. It was always going to be a delicate transition, going from friends and colleagues to technically married housemates. Somehow, Hermione didn't anticipate this exact issue cropping up. Crookshanks wanders up the stairs, giving her a stare that clearly says he is enjoying her predicament. Traitor. Hermione, Severus says, poking his head out of his room. His gaze travels up and down her body, but the two-way mirror remains mercifully pointed away from her. Are you all right? Yeah, fine. Um, I'll just. She squeezes past him and into her bedroom. By the time she emerges, fully dressed, Severus has finished his mirror call. He is sitting on the top step, scratching Crookshanks under the chin. There are rumors that love potions are going to be outlawed, Severus says. Seriously? So Lucius has heard. He still has enough contacts at the ministry to be a reliable source. Maybe they will need to eventually re-examine their business model. Surprise! Hermione's friends leap out of various hiding places, and Severus nearly hexes a helium balloon. Petals rain down from an enchanted sky-blue ceiling, dissolving several inches above his head. Someone has made a giant wreath of sunflowers with a banner that says, Congratulations, Severus and Hermione! On a table on the far side of the room, surrounded by prettily wrapped gifts is what looks suspiciously like a wedding cake. A surprise wedding reception at Grimaud Place. The horror. Hermione grabs his hand. Not as a display of coupledom. No, that Iron Grip demands that he stay where he is instead of disamberating. As if he wouldn't take her side along. Honestly. This is amazing, Hermione says, embracing Potter when he admits to being the organizer. Thank you so much. Severus does not thank Potter. Hermione doesn't try to make him. She simply smirks at him and squeezes his hand, like she knows the words, you shouldn't have, are poised on his tongue. A heartbeat later, the undertow of the crowd drags her away. Everyone wants to talk to Hermione, to gush over the pictures of her wedding outfit, and, Severus presumes, to covertly ask her whether she has taken leave of her senses. Severus has been to enough order parties to know how to manage this, There is a sofa in the library, a room that gets very little traffic, apart from himself and Hermione. Solitude is harder to come by when he is one of the guests of honor. Severus barely gets through a chapter of persuasion before the first well-wisher interrupts. Face after face he does not wish to see, asks how long they have been together, calls him a dark horse. He would not tolerate this for anyone other than Hermione. You look like you'd rather be alone, Miss Lovegood says when it's her turn. Severus snorts. I would. Yes, I did tell Harry you would probably prefer a nice bottle of fire whiskey and a card to a big party. Sitting next to him, she sips a violently purple drink. Hermione doesn't really like parties, either, but she'll pretend she does so our feelings don't get hurt. She's very considerate that way. She is. Miss Lovegood is at home, In companionable silences. They sit together for a few minutes, Severus staring at the words on the page without really absorbing them, before the parade of well-wishers begins again. Good gods, are all wedding receptions like this? A whirlwind of having the same conversation over and over, never so much as catching a glimpse of one's new spouse? Potter, who has never known a silence he didn't want to break, eventually wanders in and flops down into the armchair across from them. "'Congratulations again, sir,' Potter says, I've been meaning to ask, how did you propose, anyway? Tricky. They have not discussed this part of their story. Severus opts to go with the closest thing to the truth. I didn't, he says. Hermione asked me. She already had it booked in. Potter grins. I probably should have guessed that. A shadow passes over the hall floor, and Severus braces himself for yet more small talk. Instead, the face that appears in the doorway is the only one he wants to see. "'Aha,' Hermione says. "'I thought I'd find you hiding out here.' Her cheeks are pink, her dress rumpled from so many hugs. There is nowhere for her to sit, so Severus starts to stand, but she's faster. She helps herself to a seat on his lap. It is far too easy to place his hands experimentally on her waist, too easy to rest his cheek on top of her head when she decides to use his shoulder as a pillow. Severus pulse races. This day is full of surprises. Hermione tries to fight against the pull of sleep, but her eyelids are too heavy, and she is too warm and safe. A deep voice rumbles beneath her ear. Hermione, Severus says, rubbing a slow circle on her back. He almost smiles at her when she blinks up at him. The party's over. It's time to go home. Also, Ron says, you're snoring. Hermione laughs, still weighed down by drowsiness. Was I? Sorry. I am used to it, Severus says. Leggy hears her snoring every night. I prefer your snoring to everyone else's talking. Ready? Once they're outside, preparing to apparate home, she says, Would you mind taking me side-along to get me past the wards? I'm too tired to walk. Severus frowns. I keyed you into the wards quite some time ago. You can apparate in and out of the cottage as you please. Quite some time ago? Hermione wants to ask how long, but he keeps hold of her, spins on the spot, and takes her home. The landing in the entryway of the cottage is so smooth, she almost could have slept through it. This is the moment when they are supposed to go to their separate rooms. No need to pretend here. Back to reality. But he is still so close and Hermione has spent the evening alternately cuddled up on his lap and telling everyone how much she loves him. "'Good night,' Severus murmurs. "'Wait,' she says. "'This could ruin everything, but she can't keep up the charade. She truly thought she could, but now... Everything in her sinks at the notion of pretending, over and over, wishing the whole time for it to be real. Severus's gaze locks with hers. He doesn't pull away when she cups his face in her hands.' "'so she goes for it. "'She kisses him.'" Chapter 4 There is an absolutely still moment, a held breath that stretches out until Hermione almost can't take it. A thousand imaginary versions of Severus rejecting her live in the space of that breath. His lips move against hers, and the moment shatters, falls into his fingers, gripping her waist, pulling her closer, not a rejection, but a request for more. Hermione gives it to him, gives him her leg hooked around his hip as he pushes her back against the wall, gives him a hushed moan as his hand cups her breast, gives him everything she has been holding in for years. Severus, she whispers between kisses, do you want to go upstairs? He barely has time to nod before she spins on the spot, apparating the two of them to her bedroom. Clothing falls away beneath their impatient hands, swishing to the floor. Naked. She's naked with Severus. Hermione takes a moment to marvel at this, trying to convince herself that it is real, that she isn't still asleep on his lap at Grimald Place. He certainly feels real. Hard and hot beneath her fingers. Real as he positions himself between her thighs. Real as his hands tremble ever so slightly. Real as he slides into her. Real. 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 He watches her face as they move together, studying her reactions. Hermione gasps. Pleasure cascades through her in ripples, until she starts to think this might be the only real thing in the world. After, she holds Severus on top of her, relishing the feeling of his weight pressing her into the mattress. Her whole body feels loose, pleasantly hazy and exhausted. Hi, she whispers as he smooths her hair back from her face. Hello. His breathing is still unsteady. That was... unexpected. Really? I thought I was obvious. Always finding excuses to touch you, asking you to marry me, all the classic signs. He grins. Has she ever really seen him smile so easily? Hermione tilts up for a quick peck of that smiling mouth. Would you like to join me in the shower? He asks. Hermione wrinkles her nose. We'd have to get up for that. Another wide smile. She does get up, taking his hand when he holds it out to her. Their fingers remain linked all the way to the bathroom, like neither of them want to let go. The shower stall is more than wide enough for two, but they huddle together beneath the showerhead. His hands are so, so gentle as he slides a bar of soap over her skin. Given an endless supply of hot water, Hermione could stay like this for hours. Well, maybe not ours. Her mind won't stop worrying long enough. And there are discussions to be had, futures to plan. Oh, about love potions being outlawed, she says. Severus snorts. You wish to discuss business now. When don't I wish to discuss business? He gives her such an affectionate smile. She would fall deeply and instantly in love if she wasn't already there. Fair point, he says. I've drawn up a plan for how we can go. I don't like to use the word legitimate, because I maintain stealing from people who peddle that stuff is perfectly legitimate. A plan to change our business model? Yes, that works. He draws a finger over her soapy collarbone, lets his hand drop to settle on her waist. Familiar, like they've always been like this. In hindsight, he says slowly, getting married in Las Vegas was somewhat... "'Rash and impulsive. How out of character for a Gryffindor!' He chuckles. "'Indeed.' "'Where would you like to go from here?' she asks. "'I think I'd like to try dating my wife for a while.' He kisses along her neck, his breath tickling her damp skin. "'If you are amenable.' "'I am.' As if she could give any other reply. "'And even if our business model changes,' he says.' It will still be beneficial if we cannot be forced to testify against each other. There is the statute of limitations to consider. Hermione smirks. We should probably not discuss business while we're both naked, now that I think about it. I'll start to associate the two things and get turned on during the next board meeting. That is not quite the deterrent you believe it to be. Severus? Hermione can't keep the laughter out of her voice. He is utterly unrepentant, and suddenly her heart is too full. She has to kiss him again, has to find an outlet for the bright affection bouncing around her chest. "'How long has it been for you?' she asks, a rather open-ended question, but he catches her meaning. "'Years,' he says, perhaps since I asked you not to die, and you actually listened. She has a vague, fear-clouded memory of his voice demanding that she recite the known uses of dragon's blood. "'offering her twenty house points for an answer, "'telling her that she would bloody well not inconvenience him by dying. "'Me too,' she whispers. "'You still owe me that twenty points, by the way.' "'I do not recall you answering the question to my satisfaction.' "'Hermione groans. "'You're insufferable.' "'She bellies the claim by letting him kiss her again, "'sighing as his mouth trails down to her chest. "'I have an idea for our first date,' he says.' It's a little unorthodox, but nothing about our approach thus far has been orthodox. If you're going to suggest we spend it in bed, I'm on board. She could feel another one of those surprising smiles against her skin. If she has her way, she'll keep making him smile like that forever. You aren't far off, he says. We already had a wedding ceremony, and, thanks to your interfering friends, a reception. Was that only a few hours ago? feels as if they've traveled years since then. What are your thoughts on a honeymoon for our first date, he asks. Hermione laughs. Perfect.